The podcast this week is brought to you by the Door County Beer Festival. The peninsula's largest celebration of craft beer returns to Bailey's Harbor on June 16th, 2018, with more than 150 different beers from 53 different breweries from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Illinois. Festival gourds get unlimited tastings in the Peninsula Pulse tasting tent from 12 to 4 p.m., while VIP attendees will get early entry and exclusive access to specialty beers from five Wisconsin breweries. Tickets are $40 and are available at DoorCountyTickets.com. For more information, visit DoorCountyBeerFestival.com. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Jackson Parr, assistant news editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How are you, Jackson? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Good. I think that this week we're just going to jump right into it. We have a lot of stories to cover. First up, uh, May 10th, Lisa and Kevin Howard, owners of White Cottage Red Door, officially notified the town of Gibraltar that they're taking the first step to filing a lawsuit against what they say is an unconstitutional ordinance that is preventing them from operating a county-permitted and state-licensed food truck. Yeah, so White Cottage Red Door in the town of Gibraltar, they started operating a food truck last year in, in September, uh, and they were promptly notified by the town that they should shut it down. After that, the town adopted an ordinance in January that prohibits food trucks throughout the town. And now uh, the owners of White Cottage Red Door claim that that ordinance uh, is illegal. They, they claim that it amounts to a protectionist response against a new restaurant. Uh, there are some folks, some board members on the Gibraltar Town Board that are involved in the restaurant industry. But most of that will come out in court should it come to that. So they have given the town 120 days starting last week to repeal, rescind that ordinance that prohibits food trucks. If the town doesn't do that, it sounds like it will go to court. Right. Now, food trucks are not a new thing in Door County. Uh, There's been a couple all over the place. Um, The idea of a mobile food truck, maybe not so much, but uh, this one particularly is on property that's owned by the owners of uh, White Cottage Red Door. It's not a mobile food truck. It's not going to be patrolling the streets of Fish Creek in the summertime. Um, it's much like many of like the Chives food truck at uh, Door County Brewing Company. They're on location. Is there a difference, do you think, between what the the ordinances say and, and kind of what's going on? Well, the, so the law firm that White Cottage Red Door is using, they're called the Institute for Justice, and they build themselves as a libertarian law firm. So big advocates for uh, private rights. And I think the main question they're going after is... This is a a privately owned and operated food truck on privately owned land. So the town, any government should not come in and tell a property owner what they can or cannot do with private land. The town kind of took the tack of it being uh, a health concern with food trucks. The pushback on that from the law, the Institute for Justice was this food truck has been licensed by the state. A town cannot supersede what the state does. Therefore, we'll see in court, I guess, is what that's what the, the attorneys were saying. Right. And that's I mean, that's the big takeaway, too. I mean, they have a state license and a town permit. Uh, and that was all cleared before any movement in the town board started happening. Yeah, it really sounds like the, the crux of the the debate will be. A, whether or not the county planning department correctly interpreted the county zoning code, which which allowed for the food truck. There are other food trucks in the county, as you mentioned, that were permitted by the county planning department. And the White Cottage Red Door food truck was permitted the same way. The town is pushing back and saying that permit should not have been granted. That will be up for legal interpretation. 
And then really the question of whether the, the town board acted in a protectionist way to protect local businesses. Uh, again, that's something for the courtroom. Moving right along, uh, going back to winter. So it came out recently that the cost of the snow removal for the winter storm Evelyn that occurred on Friday the 13th um, totaled almost three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Is is that a is that an outrageous amount or that that's a pretty good chunk of change, particularly in April when I'm sure uh, local county governments, state governments are thinking that the snow removal days should be behind us. And the way it really works is the, the county does a majority of the plowing in indoor county uh, with their county plows and then they go ahead and bill the state for the work they do on the state highway some local municipalities for the work the work they do in those local towns and villages and yeah when when it came out uh at the end of the day 300 approximately three hundred thousand dollars in in cost so snow removal is i would imagine i've never written a municipal budget but i imagine that it's one of the trickiest line items as you're writing your budget in October, it's hard to know what the winter is going to be like. But the county far and away was praised for the work they did. Everyone that has spoken up has said that the 24-hour days they ran for two days over the weekend was good work. The roads were as clear as you could be, getting 20-plus inches of snow in a 24-hour period. Yeah, and I think that's the big takeaway, too. I mean, I, I live in a Harbor, uh, kind of in a big bowl. So when it snows, it gets hard to get in and out of my neighborhood. And we usually don't get plowed till maybe noon or one o'clock the next day. And it's easy to get frustrated at stuff like that. But then you have to think about what the priorities are in plowing. I mean, they, they mentioned that during the winter storm, their number one priority was keeping lifeline roads open uh, and then delegating excess resources into the towns and into the neighborhoods to, to do that kind of stuff. And I think it really puts it into perspective how much work and, and how much money goes into keeping the roads safe during these storms. Well, and how, how they can turn that around at the drop of a hat. I mean, I'm sure five days before you saw snow in the forecast, but they probably didn't think, hey, we're going to be running a few dozen plows around the county, around the clock for two days. So yeah, consensus was they did a great job. Next up, there is uh, some talk that Ephraim may be reducing its speed limit to 25 miles per hour year round. Yeah, so the village of Ephraim, uh, the Community Protection Committee, kind of quietly added this to their agenda item, recommended to the village board that they institute 25 mile an hour speed limits along Highway 42 throughout the year. Right now, the speed limit changes from... 25 miles an hour in the summer to 35 miles an hour in the winter. And uh, it's funny, I wrote about 300 words, kind of a small little blurb on this. And uh, it's gained a lot of traction. A lot of people seem have, have passionate opinions on Ephraim speed limits. Right. Because so, it's not just about the speed limit. There's, there's kind of a, a cultural idea around this whole phenomenon. Right? Yeah, we actually, our former uh, arts, lit and entertainment Editor Alyssa Skiba had written a piece, it was probably two or three years ago, in May saying, or I'm sorry, in April saying, here are the last things to do before the tourist season hits. One of those things was drive 35 miles an hour through Ephraim. So there's kind of this, yeah, there's kind of this aura of uh, the speed limit change in Ephraim marking the beginning and end of the season. I don't know if the village board is willing to uh, fiddle with that magic that's created with as the road crews go through the village and take down or replace the signs. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The When I first saw the headline, I was like, oh, that I guess that makes sense. I mean, sometimes in the winter when I'm driving through Ephraim, I'm thinking, well, 35 is 
maybe too quick to be going through Ephraim. But it, it's it's amazing the response that this has gotten from the people who are saying, like, this is a part of the culture up here. Yeah, and I, uh, I had emailed Paul Ruppel, who's the chair of the Community Protection Committee, and uh, he's on the village board as well. And he said they had the sheriff's department do a basically time the difference in travel time. And it, it comes out to like a minute and 12 seconds of added added travel time through the village, uh, which is just one of those. It's just a funny detail that people get fired up about. Like, right. oh, man, in the winter, I'm trying to get up to up to Shopko. I guess I'll just take Moravia. Right. So, Save that extra minute. Um, you know, it's interesting, too. I mean, 25, 25 feels different where you are. I mean, through Ephraim in the summer, 25 feels appropriate. There's a ton of people out there. People are parked along the side of the road. You really got to slow down for people walking, that kind of thing. Uh, but I think the slowest 25 that I've ever experienced is when you're coming off the roundabout by pick and save. Because that 25 feels like three. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I had talked to uh, Mike McCarthy of the Ephraim Business Council, kind of the Ephraim's business association whether or not they had any opinion or stake in this i you know i kind of thought maybe the business council would want slower speed limits in the winter not give off this perception that hey the village is closed blast on through there's nothing open uh and he said nope it's just this is something the village has taken up we have no real real stake in this so we'll see it's coming up uh should be at the june board meeting where they will i guess make the final determination we're in may now so it might be the end we may never see those 35 mile an hour speed limit signs through Ephraim. yeah it'll be interesting to see what comes of all this our last little bit here before we get into our interview this week you wrote a really cool article about matt chambas a local chef and his uh, new project door county underground can you tell us first what door county underground is and, and kind of matt's background yeah so Matt Chambas and his girlfriend, Jamie Mead, uh, started Door County Underground, which is kind of a pop-up dinner concept. So so Matt's been well-trained at Wickman House in Ellison Bay, Trixie's in Ephraim. Uh, he was down at Letois in Madison for a while before that. Uh, Jamie Mead is daughter of the Shoreline family up in, up in Gills Rock. So they started this concept where they'll, they'll go into restaurant spaces, so Roots Inn and Kitchen on Friday nights. Savory Spoon up in Allison Bay on Tuesday nights and then out at Hidden Acre Farms where they both work and get a lot of their produce and basically create dinners with the goal of almost everything on that plate being grown or foraged locally. Matt's a pretty big forager. He likes to go out in the in the woods and collect mushrooms, greens, and he really wanted to get back to that idea of of local food, kind of push back against restaurants who might get a few tomatoes from the farm down the road uh, and call themselves a local food purveyor. So his, I think his goal is to really get back to that local food concept and do everything he can to make sure that everything on your plate that he serves to you was grown or picked right here on the peninsula. Yeah, that that uh, that farm to table movement is really important up here. And uh, Matt's been been huge about that kind of thing, where everything that, that you get on your plates at, at Wickman House and Trixie's and that kind of stuff when it says it's local, it's local. It, it came from down the street. Yeah. Well, really exciting stuff coming up this summer. Really looking forward to, to checking in with Matt a little bit later on once this is, is up and running. We're going to get into our interview with Matt, our new hire. Um, but I just want to say thank you, Jackson, for coming in and talking with me. Thanks for having me, Andrew. The interview this week is going to be a little different. The office has been growing and changing a lot over the last couple months, so we thought that it might be interesting to take time to sit down with some of our new team members to chat about themselves and their new roles here with The Pulse. 
Today, I'm joined by Matt Markon. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. Glad Good. to be here. Good. Um, so you you joined the team last week? Yeah, last last Monday, the 7th, I believe. Why don't we start by just uh, telling me a little bit about yourself and your time before you came to the Pulse? Sure. Um, I was born in California, but in like eighth grade, I moved up to Door County. We had been spending a couple summers up here, and we've had a family reunion up here, and my family decided to, hey, let's, uh, let's move to Door County. And that's a little bit of a change, I guess. Um, and I graduated from Gibraltar High School in 2011. From there, I went to High Point University, which is in North Carolina for school. Got a business degree from High Point. Um, from there, I moved to New York, and I worked in New York for two years. Moved back to California, and then got a job with The Pulse. Awesome. And what were you doing in New York? In New York, I worked for an entertainment insurance brokerage company. Um, I like to say that it's the most exciting part of a really boring industry. Um, so we we specialized a lot in like Broadway shows, um, small productions, some some TV shows that would be filmed in New York. Um, we worked on a lot of that stuff, and it was it was a little interesting. But you know, insurance wasn't really my kind of thing. What was the? Did you work on any notable shows? You know, we didn't have any of the notable shows. Um, there was one that came in was called the Disaster Show. I, I forget if it was if it was a musical or a play, but you know, it focused on like natural disasters, like tsunamis and earthquakes, and it it was just an absolute terrible idea for a show. And calling it the Disaster Show was just you know nailing the, nailing it on the head. It right. Was terrible. So you- so you didn't get your big break working on no, Spider-Man? No, we, we did not. I did not get my big break working on Spider-Man, nor the disaster show, both both of which were disasters. <laughs> awful ideas. So you're working in New York, uh, and you decided to move back to California, right? What part of California did you live in? Yeah, so I, I lived, so I worked in, in New York for two years, and then I had my fill of the city living in Manhattan, um, and, uh, I moved back to California. I was born and raised in San Francisco, right outside of the city, about 40 minutes outside the city, in a nice little town called Alamo, California. Um, I got, I got the job at the Pulse and then I think like the day after I got the job, I, I started driving out here, the three day drive out to Door County. Gotcha. And where are you staying up here? So I live in Fish Creek. We have a house in Fish Creek. It's been a family house that we've had for about a couple years, uh, maybe about like 10 years now. Um, it's, uh, it's a great little spot. It's right on the top of the hill. Uh, when you're leaving Fish Creek before you go into Egg Harbor, um, right next to, right across the street from Sweetie Pies, if you know where Sweetie Pies is, mm-hmm. that's our, we have right on the corner of, uh, Cottage Row and Fish and uh, 42. Cool. So you, you've always had this kind of, this lifeline here for the past couple of years. So right. Moving back maybe wasn't, uh, wasn't a big challenge. For no, you. it wasn't. And you know, one of the questions that Miles had asked me is, you know, do you have a place to stay? And it's. You know, I'm lucky to be able to have a place to stay, and it's you know it's a great house, great family house, and you know it's it's even it's even better when all the family comes up for our family reunions every summer. And you uh you told me that you had a connection with Miles before you got the job, right? Yeah, that's true. He he coached me in high school basketball. I was I was one of his players in high school basketball at Gibraltar, and he's uh he was more he was more strict basketball coach than he was a than he is a boss so far anyway. He doesn't make me run laps. Good, but he could. He could. He, he definitely could. could. Good. I hope. He, I, I hope he doesn't. So, Matt, what's your uh, what's your title here? I am the multimedia manager. Um, so, pretty much everything on the digital side of the Pulse is has has my hands on it. Um, anything you see on the website is usually 
usually uploaded by me. Um, I also handle a lot of the social aspects of the Pulse, anything you see on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, anything along those lines is usually is usually my little flavor. I like to add a little little humor in there just to keep it just to keep my day fun. Going back to, you know, California and Manhattan and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Moving back to Door County, what's it like being here compared to some of the bigger cities? Oh my god, it's a complete 180, especially coming from New York of where New York is just an island of one big city and it's in, you know, you know, they say the city never sleeps and that's and that's 100% true. It's just there's always something going on and there's there's zero space for anything, whether it's just like walking down the street or just buildings in general and then coming up to Door County where it's the complete opposite of, you know, you could drive for miles and not see a single person or a single like house or cottage or business. Um, so it's a complete 180 and, you know, both, I, I enjoy both. I think, I think having a little bit of both was, is, is, I think, I think everyone should have a taste of a big city at least some point in their life, you know, just to get the feel of what that's like. But I do like the more slower aspect of, of living. And I also missed driving. I, I like driving a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you just can't, can't do in, right. in New York city. Yeah. You know, I, I was in Minneapolis before I came to Door County and I, I lived there and visited here. And one day I kind of decided that I would rather live in a place like Door County and visit the city than live in a Definitely. city and visit a place like Definitely. Door County. And I think that once you go to New York City, that that kind of aspect will stay with you. So whenever you go back to New York City or any other big metro city, you feel comfortable, you know, taking the, the you know, the public transit, the, the subway, you know, the metro, whatever that city has, you know, and it, it, it just makes you, it's a whole nother, you know, uh, comfortability that you have in a, in a big city that, that you won't get, you know, in, in Door County or even like going like to Green Bay or Appleton or something like that. If you want to talk about a bigger, you know, Wisconsin city, um, you know, so being in, in New York, while it's challenging and it's totally 180 of, of a lifestyle, you know, it does come with a lot of you know, life skills that that can serve you along along the way. Well, now that you're back up here, what's your favorite thing about being in the county? Well, I, I love movies. And so having not a $15 movie ticket is is amazing. Um, but I love the people of Door County. I think uh, the people is what always brought me back. I have some of my closest friends you know, still live around here and growing up here is something that I'll always cherish and, you know, a lot of fun memories in Door County. Speaking of movies, uh, I noticed that you have some desk swag. <laughs> you got a, a Lando Calrissian figure. Yes, on your desk? I have a Donald Glover Lando Calrissian figure on my desk. I, I love Star Wars and and not even Star Wars. I love I love the Marvel movies, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, comic book movies in general. And and even above that, I I love movies. I'll probably go. I, I at least go to the movies at least once a week, depending on what's showing. Especially now that summer movie season's coming up, I'll probably be at the movies more than once a week. Well, Matt, we're really excited to have you here at the Pulse. I'm I'm really excited to be here. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to reach out to me, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at the Peninsula Pulse Twitter, and uh, we can have a nice little interaction on there. I'll send you a couple gifts or some or some or some memes, and we'll have a we'll have a good time online. Good. Well, that's, uh, we're really excited, like I said. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me, Matt. Sure, it's been a great time. Well, thanks. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. 
Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.